0: everybody welcome to the mainland podcast we're back for november of 2017 we are on our monthly off-season schedule this is episode number 110 and i am michael citroff mainland.com the founder and managing editor joining me is our illustrious writer david rowe dave how are you
1: i'm feeling out of practice it's been so long
0: since we've talked Yes, except for on uh, Slack, we have not talked a whole lot, and uh, you know it's it's that, <laughs> they
2: don't know that. Yeah,
0: well, you know we we typed, we didn't really talk. Yeah, uh, we didn't really talk. Although Slack does have this cool little uh, call feature, we we have never used, but we could. Um, anyway, uh, it's been a while since we've uh, last talked to our listening audience uh, in episode 109 when we wrapped up the season. We did a little bit of a of a stays or goes with the entire roster. We'll talk a little bit about that because uh, we got a little early uh, gift from the club this year. They didn't wait till the day before Thanksgiving to, (laughs) to send out the the notices of who, uh, whose contracts have been renewed and and options have been picked up and declined and all that. We already have that information. So we'll, we'll keep score. We'll do a little scorecard on that. We'll talk a little bit about the, uh the puerto rico friendly we'll talk a little bit about alex morgan and uh, what she's been doing with the u.s women's national team uh season ending uh home and home series with rival canada and uh, we'll talk about uh, a little bit about uh, the w league because we've got somebody tearing it up down there uh from the orlando pride and we're also going to um talk a little bit about men's national team Uh, they played their final game of 2017 we'll we'll talk a little bit about the the mls final so there's a lot going on lots to talk about and uh, so we can uh, we can get right into that we are going to talk about Dave, we played a game since you and I last talked, or, or Orlando City played a game. <laughs> I have played some games, but not any soccer games. Uh, I've played some soccer games, but I don't think FIFA counts. Yeah, I'm not talking video games. I, I've played, you know, like, actually, I've played like some, I have the, I have this stupid addiction to Panda Pop on my phone. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with this game, but it's...
1: I'm definitely not yeah, You're
0: basically just trying to, to pop the same color bubbles and save the baby pandas that... For some reason, a baboon has uh, kidnapped the baby pandas, and your your job is to uh, to set them all free. And sorry, this is really boring to our listeners. Wait, but um, you know it it makes as much sense as Donkey Kong does. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And it, you know it's just screen after screen of you know different obstacles and that kind of thing. It's basically uh, a more boring version of Donkey Kong, really. What, what you're saying is is that you're a baller. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if that's what I'm saying, but I'm saying something. I figure it was better than a bubble popper. Well, you got to pop those bubbles. You know. Okay. You got to do it. It's got to be done. All right. So, uh, the end of the season, Orlando city played in a little fundraising friendly against the Puerto Rican national team. And it was the last appearance for Kaká in a, uh, in a purple Jersey for, uh, for the lions. And, um, the, uh, you know, our Scott Carnival went out to that. I couldn't go to that game. Um, I had some stuff going on, so I was not happy because I, I really wanted to check it out because, you know, one more time to see Kaka kick it around. And, uh, it was a bit sure. sloppy as you would, might imagine. It was a kind of a weird, um, uh, roster, uh, for the friendly. There was only one goalkeeper. There wasn't even a backup goalkeeper. <laughs> Earl Edwards Jr. Uh, took, took the, uh, took his place between the uh, pipes and, um. Between the sticks, as they say, uh, there was nobody else to back him up. Mason Tajahar got hurt again, Dave. Um, again. Yeah, I think it's an ankle this time. So, uh, Mason, can you just wrap yourself in bubble wrap when you come off the field, and let's not get you hurt anymore. Um, <laughs> back line was like Kevin Alston, Tommy Redding, Jonathan Spector, and uh, Donnie Toya. Uh, so a, a little mixed bag there. Kevin Alston has not played with the with the first team. Uh, the midfield had Antonio Nocherino, Will Johnson, Richie Larea, uh, Kaká, um, played up top with Dom Dwyer. It was uh, a PC played in the game as a, an attacking midfielder. It was kind <laughs> of a crazy, crazy lineup, Jason Kreison, out there. Uh, but it was, uh, you know, as you can, an Im- effective one. As you can imagine... Uh, it took those guys a little bit of time to settle into the game, a little bit sloppy, some giveaways. Um, Puerto Rico actually uh, scored early. And, uh, of course, everybody was like, come on, because they had that that uh, drubbing uh, at the hands of the Philadelphia Union still in mind when that happened. And um, so things weren't looking good. But, uh, you know, um, it was kind of a, a butt-kicking. Uh, In the end, it was, uh, it was a, uh, a six to one win. But the last two wins, I think of the season were both six to one uh, against the revolution and against, (laughs) Uh, and also our last loss of the season was six to one, I think. Uh, So it was kind of crazy. Six to one games uh, should not be this common. Um, No, it shouldn't be a theme. So, um, you know, uh, Dom Dwyer uh, tied the game at 20 minutes or so after the first goal, which came pretty early in the game, um, to make it one-one. Uh, so it was uh, it was one-one at the break. I think I think it was tied at one at the at halftime. So it was kind of like. You know, you're looking at this thing going, okay, and, and I, my timeline didn't know what to make of it because I was checking uh, the social media and they were not sure what should be happening because it's it's Puerto Rico, but it's a national team. Should we be beating them with this lineup? You know, who knows. No. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, Kyle Aaron made a two-one early in the second half, and from there it was just uh, it was pretty much over. I mean. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, they started raining, raining them in at that point. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Kaká came off uh, in the 64th minute. Uh, he he got his curtain call. Uh, Tony Rocha came on for him. So there's your trivia question: Who replaced Kaká in his last game um, uh, for Orlando City? Even though it wasn't wasn't the last competitive game, it's just a friendly. But uh, 8,000 plus for that game, Dave. Uh, not bad considering all of the. Uh, funds from the match go directly to the hurricane relief for, uh, for Puerto Rico so a uh, great cause and uh it, you know 8000 for a friendly after the the way the season ended is probably um, you know something to tip your cap to the club about and uh, and thank the fans for for coming out for that cuz there was a lot of people that could not wait for the season to be over and uh it, you know it was it was good to see that um you know they were able to uh, to get a decent sized crowd for that
1: yeah, absolutely. And like you said, I mean, uh, all for a, a, an excellent cause. Um, it, it, it was really good that, uh, you know, management made that happen. Um, you know, I know that there was Puerto Rican players that were just so happy to be up and, you know, as crass as it may sound to be able to train on a, you know, on a field again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because, uh, of course, the conditions in Puerto Rico are, are you know devastating so um it was good for them and and they also you know commented on uh how grateful they were of uh the fans and and the orlando city you know soccer club doing this Mm -hmm. to um, make that that uh that that concrete gesture of hey you know we're going to do this we're going to play this game um and by the way here's money from it Mm -hmm. you know so that that uh that is so important. And that's, that's one of the things that, um, I I know you'll agree that, uh, you know, this club does have a a good sense of community and that community extends to, um, you know, the Puerto Rican community, which is, um, certainly, you know, I mean, Hey, we're in Florida. Um, there's plenty of Puerto Rican, um, you know, descendants or immigrants that, uh, that are in the state. So, um, you know, well well done on everybody's part in that. Um, the the outcome of the game obviously didn't matter; it was a friendly. But the the, the real the real purpose behind it was um, that charity.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know we're we're not even done through our recap yet. We have uh, we have some more to go. So in the 69th minute, nice uh, touch from the club. A uh, a moment of silence to honor Joseph Campo, a um, a longtime Orlando City supporter, a capo for the uh, for the ruckus uh leading the cheers and uh he he's a guy who used to wear a um you know a deadpool purple deadpool mask Purple deadpool and the kind of how he was known as purple deadpool he had a a, just a deadpool jersey number 69 and so the 69th minute was a moment of silence for him uh, he was taken from us tragically uh in an automobile accident on his way to work so um you know very sad story glad that the club You know, was able to honor him and uh, glad that uh, Haji Berry was able to honor him with a goal in that same minute uh, to make it three to one. Um, The Lions scored in the 59th, the 69th. And you would would you believe, Dave, the 79th minute as well. Uh, Zeb Hines getting on the score sheet um, uh, as, uh, you know, he was able to get uh, one of his patented. Uh, headers in the net. So, um, good for Seb. Seb gets it in the net at 79. Laren completes his brace in the 90th. Final score, 6-1. to one. Um, A good time was had by all.
1: Everyone, it, it seemed at, one, <laughs> at some point that, you know, you, you get a goal, and you get a goal, and you get a goal. And it was, you know, Oprah was on the sidelines, and, and they, they were just reining them
0: in. And Kaká did not get a goal in his final appearance.
1: Except for Kaká. But
0: he did set up Dom Dwyer's goal. So uh, you got... He's got that going for him, which is nice. Which um, is nice. Yeah. So uh, a good way to end the season, a feel-good story on multiple levels. Uh, and uh, we have seen uh, the last of Ricardo Kaká in an Orlando City uniform, uh, unless something crazy happens at some point. So,
1: good. That would be really crazy, yeah. I
0: mean, he could be back with the club at some in some capacity in the future, in the front office maybe, or even – you know, as a, a consultant and maybe he's going to scout, gonna scout uh, Brazil for us or something at some point, there's definitely um, not any burnt bridges between the club and uh, their first ever designated player. So uh, I would not be surprised if he's serving the club in some capacity in the future.
1: Oh, I have no doubt about that. I just meant that he won't be uh, he won't be lacing up uh, the cleats uh, and and uh, putting foot to ball uh, during an actual game.
0: Obrigado, Captain. Uh, thank you for your service, Kakao. We appreciate it. Uh, it was fun to watch him for three years. Um, Heck yeah! All right, so Dave, uh, the we mentioned at the top of the show, the club has uh, not kept us in suspense until Thanksgiving Eve late afternoon, uh, with, the, <laughs> with the, the news dump trying to get that in under the radar. They have posted the contract renewals and and uh, you know those declined for next year. Those who are out of contract. Uh, Leo Pereira's loan terminated at the end of the regular season. He went back to Brazil. Um, I actually had us uh, keeping him uh, because uh, I'm an idiot. Yes, you did. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> he's young and he's has got potential. I, I did so. not. No, you did not. Uh, in fact, we're, we'll talk a little bit more about it in a little bit. But, in fact, we were very, very close. And I had 23 correct uh, guesses and 8 incorrect guesses. You had 22 uh, correct guesses and nine incorrect guesses. So, uh, but a lot of the ones uh, that we did, we both agreed on. So, there were not Absolutely. weren't very many um, that we disagreed on, and the ones that we disagreed on, I just got one more of those right, basically. Well, <clears throat> and some of those we still might end up true. Being right that's on. true. Yeah, and the one thing that always you have to remember is that some of the players let go could have been let go for contract reasons and could be resigned. Some of the players who were kept on may be on their way out later uh, if the price is right if uh, they get the right deal they could be trade bait they could bring in draft picks they could uh, bring in allocation money they could maybe uh, intentionally be left unprotected for the LAFC expansion draft uh, in case you know uh, to you know to in order to protect other players that they don't want to lose so there's there's a lot still in play. So I will say right now, as we stand, I'm 23 and eight and you're 22 and nine. Uh, but that could change. We will do the final tally uh, when we have our, our opening day roster, I think.
1: Well, you know, I don't want to toot our horn too much, but I that's pretty good. I think we did a pretty good job there. I mean, you
0: yeah. know, I mean, there it's... were some free spaces, obviously like, okay, fine. Kaka C- was a free, free space sector. Uh, Bendic. Sutter, bendick Yoshi Yotun, uh, So, yeah there, were, yeah, there were a few of those. Uh, in, and some the other way. Devron Garcia. You know, guys like that. <laughs> right. um, so. Anyway. Everybody
1: should go back and listen <laughs> listen to the uh, previous podcast where we uh, where we went on way too long about this. Yes, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, go listen to that and then listen if to If
0: you one. have three weeks to spend to just kill... Uh, listen to that podcast, because it's about three weeks long.
1: (laughs) And we know that because we did that today.
0: We just listened to just that section of the podcast. And And
1: we are now older um, than uh, everybody else by three weeks. um,
0: I just want to take this opportunity to apologize to our listeners (laughs) of episode number 109 of the Mainland Podcast. Okay, let's not make that mistake and Let's move along and let's be crisp. The roster moves, Dave, are as follows... The uh, club, as, um, you know, obviously Pereira's spell ended, His loan spell ended, went back to Paranaense. Uh, the contract options of first-team regulars Antonio Nocherino, Servando Carrasco, Dylan Powers, and Giles Barnes were not exercised by the club. Uh, additionally, Seb Hines and Haji Berry uh, also did not have their options exercised. Um Josh Saunders did not have his uh, backup goalkeeper, did not have his option exercise. And uh, defender Connor Donovan, uh, who uh, spent the whole year at OCB and basically has been in OCB for two years um, after uh, suffering a knee injury in 2015 in his very first MLS game. Um, Contracts of defenders Kevin Alston and Devron Garcia and midfielder Kaká expired and were not extended. Um, The the club... um, did exercise the options on the following. Goalkeeper Earl Edwards Jr., defenders Rafael Ramos and Tommy Redding, midfielders Christian Iguida and Tony Rocha, uh, forwards Dom Dwyer, Kyle Larent and Carlos Rivas. And all of the other players were already uh, still under contract, um, did not need to be renewed or uh, options or anything. And that's Joe Bendick, Mason Stoddhar, uh Scott Sutter, Jonathan Spector, Jose Aja, Donny Toya, PC, Will Johnson, Yoshimario Otoon, Richie Lorea, Pierre Da Silva. So that's uh, – first of all, let me just say I don't want to get too much into our stats because that's that's um, a little bit too far up our own rear ends. Um, <laughs> but I do want to ask you who, who were the biggest surprises for you. Okay, so um,
1: I would have to say uh, just looking back at where – we were wrong. Cause I think that's, that's the bigger thing is, you know, where we were, we're, we're going to be wrong. Um, uh, I think it was aha. And yes. Yeah. That would be, that would be one of the big ones that I, I would say that we were, we were wrong and surprised me. Um, and then uh, Rivas.
0: Yeah. I think Rivas was a big surprise for me too. Um, you know, it, because it wasn't just that, they were kept it's that they were they're they um you know the options were exercised uh for right uh, or at least for you know for Rivas AHA was already under contract um I guess his contract was a multi-year deal but the thing that I look back on now thinking back on this is that these are players that again could be on the move this off season um it doesn't make I, I will stand by my statement of the last show is saying it just makes no sense to spend a designated player spot on a guy like Carlos Rivas. Um, right. And, you know, you clearly want to go for guys that are more like Yoshimar Yotun. Um,
1: yeah. Let's let's not anybody think that when I say that, that I'm thinking that we're eventually going to be wrong.
0: Right. I mean, we will, we will, we'll see. Of course it will see. We could still out. be wrong. But... I, I think the biggest surprise for me is, is Haji Barry. Uh, Not being picked up Um, as he's a young guy. He can find the net. He's he's lightning quick. Um, He's raw. He's still very, very raw. But um, I was surprised at his price tag and and, um, you know, youth and speed and the fact that he can score goals and and was OCB's leading goal scorer by far and probably could have been in contention for the golden boot had he spent the entire year at OCB. I'm a little surprised that he was let go. Well, and that brings up the question because we both uh,
1: said that he was going to say, but we both also said that it was going to be uh, that if he would stayed, it was going to be in a OCD or whatever the going forward equivalent of that is going to be. Correct. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we're going to have to wait and find out. But um, but yeah, know I'm with you because I mean, obviously, that was one that we both said would stay, and he is not. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: and he's a, he's he's a guy who would not. You would not have an. Uh, a difficult time, I don't think, loaning him to the NASL or USL. I think that it would be easy to find him a spot to play uh, where yeah. he could develop and, and you wouldn't even have to worry about him. Um, and, and I'm a little bit surprised Tony Rocha's back. But again, he could be just taking up a spot that they can leave uh, unprotected for LAFC, that kind of thing. So um, we don't know how it's all going to play out. Uh, but I don't think there were too many huge... Uh, surprises um, you know just some mild um, raising of the eyebrows I know that that again people people think uh, that if, if they were let go that there there was a reason that they're gone and that's not necessarily the reason I could easily see a Giles Barnes coming back for less money. Um, yeah in fact I said that I think in, uh, in the last episode I uh, said that uh, I, I, did, I, indeed. I said I think he's gone at the current price tag but he could come back. Uh, for less money. And I think that was one of the ones we differed on. And, and
1: it is. And you were cor- more correct than I until he and, and even if he does come back, it'll be probably be at a pay cut, which means you'll still be more correct than I I just saw the opportunity to possibly be somewhat correct.
0: <laughs> correct. Yes, I think that at that point, I because I wrote that down uh, that at the current money, no. Um, so I think we'll both get a W if he does come back. I think we both. Oh yeah, it,
1: absolutely. So. We will. We <laughs> will always take a W. Yeah.
0: So and that might be the difference. It might just uh, even us all, all out for the year. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, again, no big surprises, nothing shocking, some mild eyebrow raising, and again, I, it will be more clear when uh, you know when opening day rolls around why some of these people were either let go or why some of them stayed, because I still think we'll see some movement of guys that are on the roster, and I think we'll see potentially two, maybe even three guys re-signed. We saw that last year, so I think we could see it again this year.
1: Well, and of course, the biggest uh, potential move that we both called that as as of now has not happened is Kyle Aaron.
0: Yes, it hasn't happened yet, and I'm not surprised that it hasn't happened yet because uh, the window's not open. Correct. <laughs> uh, so um, currently, we both said that he would be gone, and he. We'll talk. We'll talk more <laughs> later. Our special guest yeah. will will indicate tonight that <laughs> he's probably going to go. So uh, at least that's what I took from our from this week's guest. I took from his comments. That, Boilers. Uh, yeah, I took from his comments that it's probably not likely to, that Kyle will be on the roster. And again, this is not was not said. I'm reading between the lines here. Oh, we're, we're definitely reading between the lines
1: <laughs> yeah. there. I mean, that's. Uh, but you know, anyway, you'll get to hear that later. Exactly.
0: All right. So, um, yeah, no huge surprises. We both uh, did, I think, pretty well, and we might even do better after it all shakes out. Of course, we also could be doing slightly worse after it all shakes out. But we'll have to wait and see. We won't know until March, really. No, nope. that's you know, it's we're playing the long game here, Dave.
1: We are playing the long game, and we have to because,
0: uh, well, it's a long off. We're season. old. Well, yeah. Well, it's a long off season. The off season is dark and full of terrors, and uh, <laughs> we've we've only just begun. The, the, the <laughs> MLS teams it's, are still playing, Dave. <laughs> it's the long dark tea time of the soul. That's right. That's right. Uh, reminds me, I'm way behind on Dirk Gently on uh, BBC America. <laughs> Such a great show. I'm, I'm four, I think four episodes back now. Um, oh, you got to catch up. I do. Such a great I show. Uh, okay, so, um, Dave, the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that uh, Alex Morgan is on fire. Um, the, Alex Morgan's been on fire since she got back from Lyon. She continues to be amazing. Uh, she and her U.S. Women's National Team uh, teammates took on Canada, first in Vancouver and then in uh, San Jose, California. Uh, they went up there north of the border, got a 1-1 draw. Alex got the goal. Uh, they came back down here, and uh, they won that won three to one 3-1, to and Alex had a the game-winning goal and assisted on the insurance goal. So Alex Morgan on fire, and uh, Jill Ellis still hates Ashlyn Harris. <laughs> yeah, what is up with that? Uh, I think that Jill Ellis is uh, is just going to – she's putting a listener through the Hope Solo uh, program of where she's going to just grind her bones to dust, and then she'll go and pick a new goalkeeper. Uh, a, a listener, listen, Jill Ellis, uh, I know you, of course, listen to the podcast religiously. Of course. Uh, and I think that it's bogus that you called in not two, not three, but four goalkeepers – for two games, and you played one of them all 180 minutes. You didn't play Ashlyn Harris. You certainly didn't play uh, somebody that I think is very deserving, Adriana French, French from the uh, Portland Thorns. Um, you know, nobody, nobody else played. Nobody. These were friendlies. Yeah, these were friendlies, and uh, this was a good opportunity to get each of the four uh, a good solid half of a game. And exactly. Give you had four in. halves. You had four goalies.
1: It's easy to do the math.
0: <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex Morgan played all of both games and uh, did so quite well.
1: Well, you know, with two goals and an assist, yeah, it's kind of hard to to argue with, uh, with, with that. Not cause...
0: bad. Alex is up to 80 international career goals. She's only, Dave, 104 behind Abby Wambach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't she only like 123 caps in? Uh, I think I wrote that the other yeah, day. I can't remember I, the exact I don't, number. I just, I, Somewhere around I there. I looked at that, and I looked at the goals, and I said, man, Alex is how old? She's not catching Abby. Abby's just way out there. Um, right. But, you know, uh, Alex has had much more uh, injury-plagued career uh, with the U.S. and with her club teams than, than Abby did in the you know throughout her career. I don't know. If she keeps up the current pace, she might catch her. Yeah. Well, I mean, Alex is, is she's unbelievable right now. She's really, really playing well. And I thought the team looked interesting. Of course, not everybody was there. Uh, Rose Lavelle was not there. Mallory Pugh right. was not there. Uh, unfortunately Jill, of course, hates the pride. She didn't play Chioma, Obogugu either after getting her first call up. She did not get her first cap. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was kind of rude. Maybe throw her in, in the last 10 minutes at some point. I thought that would would have been good.
1: Um, Yeah, especially, I mean, the game's well on hand, you know, let Alex have a seat.
0: Yeah, and and she, again, Kelly O'Hara played a ton in those two games. So uh, she's somebody that could have got a rest. But it is what it is. Uh, Three Pride players went, one played, one dominated. And, uh, you know, if you want better results, Jill, you know, play more Pride players. Oh, it's quite obvious. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of Pride players, Dave, I got to give a big shout out to Rachel Hill. Rachel went down under to the W League to play for the Perth Glory on loan this offseason. And in her first ever W League game, all she did was score two goals and assist on another. And in her second W League game, all she did was score a hat trick. And in her third W League game, she didn't technically score the goal, but she crossed the ball into the box that was knocked in for an own goal. So Rachel Hill basically could be elected Queen of Australia.
1: Oh, they're loving her, and it's Canberra, right?
0: Perth Glory,
1: my friend. Oh, Perth Glory, excuse me. They are loving her in Perth.
0: Yes, you are um, confusing I'm a, with, I'm with Tony, yeah, Tony Presley. To Tony Presley, yeah. who also recently had yes, a goal. She scored her first W League goal of the That's season right. uh, in the in her last, last weekend. So congratulations to them. Also been hearing – haven't gotten to see any of their games, but I've been – following on on, uh, social media and it's a lot of really great things being said about Steph Catley so far this year. And of course, that's no surprise either. Uh, Steph Catley and Alana Kennedy both playing for Melbourne City.
1: That sounds right. And and I'm I'm absolutely certain that uh, we named uh, Rachel, both named Rachel the the best newcomer
0: for the bride. Well, yeah, that's it was a no brainer, really.
1: It was a no brainer, yeah. but I'm, I'm just saying that we. Were, I'm, I'm pointing out that once again.
0: We're right. You're trying to we're right. toot, toot yeah. our own horn a little more. You're trying to get in on you that. You know what? It's the off season. <laughs> we got to do it now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it is it is the off season. And okay. We, granted, it was a no brainer. Come your, on. Tip your the W. Get your yucks out the, however you can, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So. Uh, go, go, Rachel Hill, and, uh, you know, continue to make us proud. And, and if you know, the, the cool thing was um, it, it made things a lot easier for her, of course, being on a forward line with Samantha Kerr. Uh, sure. Kerr is uh, her teammate at Perth, and the two of them are both uh, up top in a 4-3-3 uh, that they've been playing. And I never thought I'd be able to tell you a W League team's shape. But, but I was hey, able to do that because I've been following the Perth glory. Uh, uh, they have an excellent Twitter feed and, uh, and a pretty good website. So um, I've been able to well, follow them quite well. And if you put
1: Kerr and, and, and Hill at the top, then, you know, yeah, we're going to follow that.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Kerr did not play in the third match uh, in which uh, Rachel did not score, except she caused an own goal. Uh, but that was the first loss of the season for Perth. So n- probably not a shock. That Sam Kerr misses the game and the, the team loses but uh, uh, Rachel's yeah. doing she's doing really great things and I'm if she can come back uh, to the NWSL next year and just continue this form the way Alex did coming back from Lyon, I mean that's just going to be unbelievable it's going to really give uh, Tom Sermani even more offense you know he already had the league's best offense And he could have an even (laughs) better one. one. (laughs) Yeah, and then all he has to do is, you know, shore up the D a little bit and get a little bit more physical, and this team could very well be challenging for uh, the their first ever cup. So that'd be that'd be really exciting to see next year. No doubt. Well, I mean, heck, they already made the playoffs last year. Why not? (laughs) All right. Well, we're gonna get uh, in a little bit into the U.S. Men's National Team and what they did. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit of MLS final uh, predictions as the semifinals approach this month. And um, we're going to do all of that in just a little bit. But first, we've got a really special guest this month uh, joining us on the Mainland Podcast for only the second time ever and second time this calendar year. Uh, it would be uh, head coach Jason Kreiss of Orlando City SC. Uh, he was our guest back on January 7th in our January uh offseason uh podcast because we only do one of these a month in the offseason and he was kind enough to come back uh on the show to talk about uh not only the season that has been but the season to come and the offseason that is and we'll get to jason Kreis's interview right after this All right, joining us on the Mainland Podcast this uh, month, we're now in our monthly schedule obviously, uh, is uh, Orlando City head coach Jason Christ. Jason, thanks for uh, returning to the Mainland Podcast.
2: Not a problem, you're very welcome, good to be here.
0: So I want to jump right in, you know, obviously uh, the 2017 season still fresh in everybody's mind even though you've, uh, you've, you're have you looking ahead to, to next year already obviously and um You know, the the team got off to a really hot start, probably um, surprised a lot of people, including maybe even you. And then uh, things kind of went a little bit south, and then they just kind of never turned around. They, uh, you know, even when the team had good performances, just couldn't seem to get results to match those performances. I just want to get your perspective on what uh, the season, you know, how that unfolded for you, what you thought were the big surprises pleasantly and unpleasantly over the year, and, and just your general thoughts.
2: Yeah, um, obviously a very, very difficult year, I think, for all of us, um, emotionally. (laughs) really, really difficult because to start out the way we did, you kind of got these visions of grandeur early on, and you really felt like things could take off. Although from a coach's point of view, I I think that we were probably a little bit more feet on our ground than most because even though we were getting wins, it felt like some of those wins were a little bit fortunate. And that we weren't really dictating the play. We were reactionary in a lot of those games and, and I think a little bit fortunate to, to, to not concede goals. Uh, and then somewhere along the way, the wheels fell off a little bit, but the performances I thought were still very good. Um, the game that comes to mind was the Toronto away game. Mm-hmm. Um, when we're there, and we're playing very, very well, and Kyle has two chances, literally, I mean, easy chances to score in the second half that completely changes that game. He takes one, we draw, and if he takes two, we win 3 2. And I think we continue to fly. Um, but from there, we went and had to travel to Houston directly from Toronto. And then, we, you know, we just, you're battling fatigue and, and, uh, and, and moods. And, and I think that we just weren't up for that game. And I think really from that moment, I think we kind of were second guessing ourselves um, for the majority of the year and just couldn't quite put things together. From my point of view, there was a stretch in the summer where we actually started to play really, really well. Um, But for one reason or another, just couldn't buy a little bit of luck that would give us the result that I felt we deserved. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think because of that, now you've got kind of a collective anxiety about how you're playing. You've got a collective sort of lack of confidence about whether or not you can keep the ball out of your net and whether or not you can score enough goals to win games. And so I just don't feel like we ever really strung much together from there. I feel like late in the season, there was a little bit of a stretch where I felt like things might come together. We got the win at D.C., and then a really, really good performance and good result when we got the draw away at Atlanta after they had beaten everybody about 14 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so felt like we we garnered a little bit of confidence there, but, but again, slipped up uh, at the end of the season. And then you know the last couple of games for me were really, really disappointing. Um but I know that it's difficult for the players once they know that the window of the playoffs is gone. It's difficult to get them to concentrate and stay focused and give everything that they can in the game. So really crazy year and so many things I think added up to to our not getting the results that we that we so desperately wanted. Um but I would tell you, my honest opinion is I think the team um is better than we were uh, in 2016. I feel that we have better players in the group. I feel that we have better players to build around uh, for 2018, and that's what makes us feel good about what we're doing. Um, Having said that, you know, we've we've got a good core group of players that I think can lead this team in a new direction for next year. But, But having said that, we know we've got a lot, a lot of work to do as far as scouting and recruiting players for 2018.
1: Well, speaking of that um, which uh, which positions are, are is your priority or priorities um, you know going into um, you know the offseason I,
2: I think this is this answer is a little bit twofold the first part of the answer is to say that I, I, I think it's unfair to give you exact positions because the, the truth of the matter is we still have people in those positions mm-hmm. um, and we're still evaluating every situation. Uh, and, and the second part is, is, is also extremely honest to tell you that, that every position. Um, we feel that we need to strengthen the team. Um, we need to add some defenders. We feel that we need to add some midfielders, And we feel that we need to add some guys that can score the goals. And so the truth of the matter is we've, we know that we've got a pretty big job ahead of us to find all of these positions and all of these players. Um, but we are very, very well on our way. Um, we've, we've been scouting these players really for the past year. Since we hired a scouting coordinator to, to put a lot of things in place and have some, some people that have been watching players all year with, with a mindset that we might have to, to, to add quite a few in this offseason. So I think we're in a good place.
0: Jason, uh, recently the club announced uh, the contract status, you know, of, of all the players on the roster and, and some guys were let go. As always, there are some surprises uh, uh, with guys that are kept and some surprises with guys that are let go. What can you tell us at this time, uh, without giving too much away, about potentially uh, re-signing some of the guys that uh, were with the club before and, and they're. Uh, their option wasn't uh, exercised because sometimes uh, these things just result in a different contract and and the player stays with the team.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what I would say is that that for fans, if they take a very black white view of players that were released and players that have capped, they may have very much the wrong opinion on what's actually going to happen in the long run. Uh, And so I would say that everybody should just be patient and not read too much into the players that were kept and the players that were let go because some of the players that were kept could still be leaving by a trade or a sale or otherwise. Uh, and some of the players that were, their contracts were picked up could still return in a new contract. Uh, and so all of that is, I think, still very much under works and a little bit under wraps.
1: Well, I'd like to focus on the uh, on the defense for just a moment. Um, obviously, there was uh, quite a few... Um, uh, different uh, groupings along the back line there. Um, you know uh, it seems obvious to to us that uh, Specter, of course was the the leader of that group. Um, and we're all assuming that uh, we're going to get to see him again. Um, you, what it was it that you were trying to to figure out in in the different pairings back there?
2: Well, it doesn't matter, I think that was a big, big part of. Uh, our lack of success this year was the fact that Spectre took a major injury uh, was probably the most critical point of our season. And we, we built the, the defensive group in the off season with really one thing in mind. We knew that we had two young uh, potentials in Redding and AHA. Uh, we felt like both of those players um, could step up. We weren't quite sure which one would step up. Uh, and then we built the, the other side with basically the the mindset that we would have two more experienced guys, Inspector and Hines. Uh, at the beginning of the season, Hines took an injury that really kept him out, I think, for the majority of the season with his knee. Uh, and it took a long time for us to kind of gain the confidence or feel like we had the confidence to, to put seven there towards the end of the season. And I think he had some some decent performances. But once specter was out and we really didn't feel, like Seb, was in in real consideration for us, now we're in a place where we're playing a mixture of Leo Pereira or Tommy Redding and Jose Aja. And just the truth of the matter is that when you play young central defenders, you need to be ready for some mistakes. Uh, And I think that, that all three of those players had some pretty massive errors for us in critical games. And like I said, when we went through that stretch where I felt like we were performing really well, it always felt like there was one error that would happen that would really break our backs. And and I think a lot of that came through the fact that we didn't have a real leader in the back line once Spectre was
0: out. Jason, you're not, uh, you obviously are, are, are not uh, concerned with things like, you know, social media opinion and things like that. But you, I'm sure you hear the comments, and I just want to get your perspective as a coach as to how you, you know, block out the negativity that, that you sometimes hear from you know from fans and, and the media uh, when results are not going the way that that you'd like them to. And, and because you're the one that sees the plan unfolding and, and has the, the the end goal in mind, whereas everybody else is out on the outside looking in, and all we all you see is the the present. How do you how do you deal with those situations?
2: I don't look, to be honest, and I ask the people that are close with me to, to, not, to not, if they're going to look, to not be divulging that information to me either. I, I, I think that we're, we're in a great place in our sport, this country, where everybody cares so passionately that, that, that they're going to voice their opinions, and I think we're in an interesting place in our society where anybody can have an opinion, and that opinion can be viewed as extremely important. When in fact it, it's it's just one person's opinion based on a very short view, uh, and so I literally think it's an unhealthy place to be. If it's if it's a coach or a manager or anybody that's really involved in our club that's having to make decisions, it's an unhealthy place to be to be looking at that stuff because I think there's it's it's it does affect your state of mind. It does affect the way you operate, and I think that you can't put yourself in that position because we do, as you as you mentioned, we do have a lot more information than everybody. We do have the inside information. We see these guys train every single day. We have a long view of what we want this club to look like, and we can't be uh, operating willy-nilly and changing our mind every week based on fans' opinions.
1: Well, uh, speaking of one of those uh, changes that you guys uh, made during the season, uh, bringing in uh, Yoshimori Otoon, um, I'll I'll be honest with you, when uh, we got that news, a lot of us, basically said um who um <laughs> i know you guys have been scouting him for a while um uh and i think we've all now seen what you saw but um how, how long were you uh, uh, uh looking at him and and I'm, I'm i know it probably wasn't a difficult decision to bring him in but were you pleased with uh the on the field product after he got here Yeah, Yoshi is a player
2: that the first time I saw him play, I was doing some scouting for the U.S. Men's National Team for Copa America uh, and and was scouting actually an opponent against Peru, and he popped up. And I just kind of was keeping tabs on the Peru team because they had a very nice Copa America in 2016. Um, And so there was quite a few players I liked on that team. And when I got here, I handed over a list of the players that in the six months that I was out, I had, you know, seen him through one avenue or another and really liked and he was actually on Orlando City's list already as a player that they had scouted and and liked. And so we we, you know, we're working at that a long time to to find a situation to get him here. I think it took longer probably than we would have liked, honestly. Um, but I think that shows you I think that shows should show everybody the type of players that we're looking for, the type of players that we will be looking to add in this off season. And frankly, the fact that, that people kind of said, say who, you know, that, that seems kind of funny to me um, because there's so many more players in this world that are very, very good players that aren't the household names. And, and in fact, those are the players that we should be looking for. Um, we should be looking for players that are looking to make a name in our league and have the hunger and desire to move their career forward based on what they do for Orlando City. Not guys that are, have already done everything, and been everything, and are coming here to end their careers.
0: Yeah, and another one of those names was uh, that wasn't a household name was Scott Sutter, who had a, a nice uh, year for Orlando, and he played a lot of soccer because he came right out of one season and into the next. Um, Jason, what can you tell us about this off season in terms of? Uh, Orlando City's preseason, what should we expect in, in terms of, like, number of games? Are you going to any tournaments, uh, bringing in some, some uh, international teams for friendlies, that kind of thing? What, what is the plan at this point?
2: The plan right now is we will go to Jacksonville, same as we did last year for the first 10 days of our preseason. That gives us an opportunity to really spend a good amount of time together. I think that we are going to, you know, if, if, if all the plan comes together, I think we're going to have quite a few new faces in this team. And so it's going to be important that we do a good job of of bonding with the guys um, and spending time with them, so that they really start to understand who who each other are. Uh, so, it'll be ten days in Jacksonville. I think at the end of that that trip will be some sort of friendly game, and then we will be looking to play another four or five games. All of those games we're looking to play in and around the Orlando area to minimize our travel. And again, with so many new players, we want them to to get used to the community here to find homes, to get themselves settled before the season starts. And I think that's an opportunity that Orlando has that a lot of other teams don't whereby we can really spend some time in and around our own community, uh, and get ourselves, our players adapted and, and, and ready for a very long season.
1: Well, speaking of next season, obviously, um, uh, I'm sure it can be, uh, um, assumed that the, making the playoffs is, is a major goal. Um, we're all on board with that. What other um, you know, stepping stone or, or other goals do you have um, within that or aside of that um, for the upcoming season?
2: Well, I would like to see the team form consistently, and that's, that's
1: what I'm about.
2: Um, for me to say we want to make the playoffs is an easy thing. Everybody says that. And I think sometimes when you fill out an objective that's so far away, you can forget all the steps along the way. And so for me, I want to see the team perform consistently well. I want to see the team develop an identity about who we want to be. I want to see the team be really, really dominant in the matches that we play at home for certain uh, and be looking to play uh, the same style on the road as we do at home. And so for me, if we do those things, if we play consistent, if we're looking to be the dominant team in all the matches that we play, if we take care of business at home in front of our own fans, you do all those things and you make the playoffs, and it doesn't have to be the thing that you're
1: talking about all the time.
0: Jason, the the big question I think most Orlando City fans uh, have this off season is what is going to be done with Kaká's slot. What do you uh, what can you tell us? What what do you envision uh, for that for that designated player position?
2: We are actively looking for a new number ten. Um, we are actively looking for a lot of attacking minded players, but in particular, we are looking for somebody that we can really focus our attack through. Um, we're looking for somebody in the center of midfield who can be our protagonist who can be our playmaker who who we want to be able to play through. Um, and I think that that's our, our main focus for, for our for that designated player position.
1: Well that being said, of course you've got um, um, Dom and, and Kyle um, theoretically up top at least at the moment um, you know we saw a little bit of that. Uh, partnerships start to develop. I don't think it ever had quite enough time to, to really do so. Uh, is, is that something that uh, we're going to continue to see as far as formation with uh, the potential of both of them up top? Well, I
2: would say that uh, when you bring Laren into the discussion, it, it brings up um, question marks because we don't know exactly how that situation is going to play out. Kyle has made it publicly clear that he would like to leave the club, um, and we've made it publicly clear that if the situation presents itself that that is beneficial to us and to him, then we will absolutely consider that. So I, I would tell you that right away. Um, that's that's something that that I can't answer right now.
0: Jason, before we let you go, just want to kind of get a sense of these off-season plans that you have, uh, your scouting plans. How much travel do you expect to be doing? Where do you think you're going to be going, and uh, and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, at least tomorrow for two days. I'll be home for another two days, and I'll be gone in Europe 10 days. And I would expect after that, between now and about December 18th, I would expect that three out of every four days I'll be on the road scouting and meeting players and recruiting new ones.
0: Any plans to, uh, to visit one of our partner clubs like you did last year?
2: Yes, actually, on the books right now, I'm, I'm trying to put something together for next week to spend three or four days at Benfica. Um, and I think that, that that should happen. We're just waiting on some final details.
0: All right. Uh, thanks so much, Jason Christ, head coach of Orlando City SC. Uh, we'll let you go and, and continue on your busy off season. and uh, best of luck to you uh, assembling your team for 2018.
2: Thanks, guys. Very much appreciated.
0: Right, uh, and again, big thanks to Jason Christ for being with us on the Mainland Podcast, and uh, you know, uh, some very enlightening remarks from the head coach, uh, particularly as you, as I mentioned early in the show, uh, some some pretty telling things about Kyle Laren if you read between the lines a little bit.
1: Yes, uh, reading between the lines, it's uh, it's almost like we purposely asked him things like that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, we are. It, expected to ask our guests you know questions and you know that's something on everybody's mind we're not going to let that go of course not
1: yeah i'd say we're professionals but that would imply paychecks
0: yeah i liked his uh answer for the uh what are we gonna do with Kakaz slot you know what are, we, what are we gonna do with that uh, designated player spot and uh he wants a he didn't put these words out there these are my words a balls to the wall attacker dave he wants a midfield number 10 who just lighten it up and, uh, oh, he
1: wants many attackers, yeah. not just the 10.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I, you know, I, I think it's great that we're going to have Miguel Almiron here next year. <laughs> 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 uh, that would be nice. No, that, wait. That that,
1: that uh, brings up the, uh, the the point that uh, for the next U.S. men's national coach, I would love to have Tata go up there so that uh, we can just completely dismantle
0: Atlanta. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. They uh, By the way, Atlanta, congrats to them. They're getting a USL team uh, for uh, next year, so good for them. Uh, yeah, so here, hopefully we still have one. And USL is uh, going to get a team in Memphis in 2019. A lot of USL news. USL, of course, just wrapped up its season last night as we record this. On uh, Tuesday night, uh, November 14th, uh, last night on Monday, the 13th, um, Louisville City uh, capped off their first ever uh, USL Cup. And uh, they defeated the Swope Park Rangers 1-0 with an 89th-minute goal to snap the deadlock uh, on a field that wasn't in very good shape. but um, And it was a very... Uh, it was a very hard game to watch at times. Quite honestly, uh, Louisville tried to play directly for mo- much of the game that I, uh, you know, I didn't see the entire game much of what I saw. Uh, they tried to play direct. It just didn't look like it was coming off. Both teams played very good defensively. And, um, you know, congratulations to James O'Connor, former, uh, Orlando city, USL lion, uh, for, uh, coaching that team to a championship. They, they, he reached the Eastern conference final two years in a row. And, uh, then uh, he finally took the team uh, that next step. So, congrats to James. It's always nice to see a Lion doing well. And by the way, Dave, here's what's significant about Louisville City winning the title. That franchise used to be the Orlando City USL franchise.
1: Yes, they were. I was just about to mention that and uh, still wearing the purple uh, uh, as we saw if, or as anybody who watches it saw. So, um, you know, uh, while we all are uh, OCB fans in, in USL, if, uh, if you got to root for somebody, yeah. Louisville City is not a bad one to choose. Yeah,
0: should be OCB. But if it's not OCB, <laughs> if it's not OCB. Then we'll uh, go Louisville City. Yeah, I don't know if my uh, if the broadcast color was off my if my TV's color was off. Those didn't look purple to me. They looked like a dark blue. Uh, Do they? Yeah, I don't know. But they like are. A, they, I don't think they changed anything there, right? Know. I, I think they have a couple of different looks. They like when they came here, they had this um, white and gold kind of hoop pattern jersey uh, that had really no purple on it other than on the crest. So,
1: yeah, it could be my purple-colored glasses.
0: There you go. You, yeah, okay, there you go. All right, works for me. Uh, so congratulations to Louisville City, and, uh, you know, that that uh, is a team that had championships in its DNA before it ever took the field at Louisville Slugger Field for the first time. And congrats to former uh, podcast correspondent, our, our ex-Louisville con- correspondent, Jeff Milby, uh, who is uh, now – Deeply entrenched in the soccer scene in Louisville, he's got his own radio show. He does stuff with uh, the team. He's, um, you know, he's uh, he's a man about town. Our, our Jeff Milby.
1: Nice. You gotta yeah. love that. Uh, and I've been around long enough that I actually remember working with Jeff. So
0: yeah, uh, yeah, yeah man, I've been
1: around for a while now. Should Jeez. have
0: Jeff on when he sobers up and ask him. <laughs> Ask him about, you know, the, the excitement of uh, winning the, the cup uh, there.
1: Or better yet, we call him as soon as we get done tonight. <laughs> and get it all on recording while he's not sobered up, because that uh, would be
0: more fun. I wouldn't do that to him. Uh, That's true. Okay. Congrats, Milbs. Uh, you know, you did good. All right, uh, Dave, speaking of championships, the NASL wrapped up as well this week. Uh, Sunday night, the San they Francisco did. Deltas took out the New York Cosmos. Uh, Two nil, and uh, that was a game that he um, would say, "Well, what does that have to do with anything?" Because you know, the <laughs> NASL might not even exist soon, and if it, even if it does, San Francisco Deltas might not exist soon. Well, there is an Orlando City or an Orlando tie to the San uh, San Francisco Deltas. Dave, did you know this? I actually did not know this. All right, me. so. One of the people that was hired as a consultant when San Francisco got up and running is a uh-huh. guy by the name of Ricardo VR. Okay. So Ricardo VR is the CEO of the Florida Cup right here in Orlando.
1: Ah.
0: Yeah. So nice. So he, he was hired by the Deltas in May 2016 as a consultant to help build the team. Uh, he helped lay the groundwork for the identity of the team. He uh, also s- supposedly or reportedly, as the story goes, was very influential in convincing Mark Dos Santos to join this new startup project. And all Mark Dos Santos did was earn uh, NASL Coach of the Year and win the championship for the Deltas.
1: in their very first year.
0: Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> There's a quote I've got from uh, our good friend Lenny Santiago, who used to be the, uh, the PR guy for Orlando City and is now doing a lot of work with the USL. And uh, Mark Dos Santos said uh, that Ricardo Villar flew him into Orlando and presented a clear and ambitious project, recalled Dos Santos. He convinced me to take on this challenge. Given the adversities faced with a first year franchise, I am extremely proud of this championship. As you should be, that was a heck of a job. Uh, coaching, so good job to him, and uh, good job by uh, Ricardo VR to uh, to you know to pitch him on the idea of uh, of uh, taking that coaching job.
1: And and of course, you know, congratulations to the uh, you know the entire Delta uh, organization for you know you come in year one, you take out one of the oldest and most storied uh, soccer clubs in America, yeah. you know, the Cosmos, um, you know, and 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 do it in a. Two nothing uh, to nothing match, so uh, yeah, it, it's um, it, I don't as a, as a fan of soccer, I mean, I you know, I hope NASL is still around. Uh, you know, I don't want I don't I, I never want any soccer to go away. Um, now, if it evolves or whatever, okay, fine, but I, I don't want anything to go away. I certainly don't want the cosmos to go away. Um, I, I hope that. He, that everything can work out somehow. Now, I'm, of course, being hopeful and naive, and I understand that that might not happen, but still, um, it would be great if, uh, if the U.S. in general soccer community can figure all this out, because uh, there's a lot of infighting right now. And,
0: yeah. just merge and get it over with
1: yeah just be done with it damn it
0: <laughs> all right so uh good job by uh by all involved congratulations to san francisco congratulations louisville and congratulations to the folks in orlando who made all of that happen for both of those towns that was all us we're yeah. taking the w on this one <laughs> uh, or w's in this case because that's, that's what we do that's what we do all right, Dave, uh, the U.S. men's national team, a very different-looking U.S. men's national team, took to very the field uh, on this very day, took to the field in Portugal to take on the uh, Portuguese, uh, as luck would have it. And <laughs> So, wait, the Portuguese were playing for Portugal today? <laughs> yeah, the Portuguese. The Portuguese, Portugal's national team, let me tell you this, Dave, is uh-huh. made up entirely of Portuguese. Wow. Yeah. Not not many know that. Hey, Uh, you've (laughs) heard it here first. I've blown the lid off this story. Um, (laughs) And, you know, we sent a bunch of kids, a bunch of them. uh, Oh, yes. And some of them did really well, and uh, one or two of them didn't do very well at all. Um, But uh, the U.S. got on the board first. Uh, 19-year-old Weston McKinney scored a goal in his first-ever cap. And uh, so uh, he uh, he opened the scoring. U.S. was leading, and U.S. actually was uh, a very fun team to watch for about the first 15, 20 minutes of this game. Uh, a, a nice high press. They were stealing a lot of passes. They were making uh, Portugal very uncomfortable, got some scoring chances, finally cashed one in, and um, everything looked kind of good. And then out of nothing, this shot that was – I don't even know if it was a shot or a cross, to be honest with you – Comes in from outside the box, way out at a tough angle out on the left side. And Ethan Horvath just biffed it hard. Uh, It went through his hands, through his legs, and trickled inside the back post to make it 1-1. And as luck would have it, that would be the final score. 1-1 draw in the last game of the year. I will say that um, the U.S. was probably a little bit unlucky. Uh, Tyler Adams had one saved off the line at the last Mm -hmm. second. Uh, Eric Lehigh had a, a good scoring chance in the second half. And McKenney himself hit the po- or hit the crossbar with a header off of a corner kick. So uh, the U.S. looked pretty dangerous all day on set pieces. I think that, for my money, uh, all three center backs that played in the game, I thought played extremely well. Matt Miazga and uh, John Brooks, who only played the first half, and uh, Cameron Carter Vickers, who played only the second half. I thought all... Mm-hmm. Looked really good. Um, I thought that McKinney looked very good. You know, a lot of people will talk about his goal and his hitting the crossbar, but his defensive play was fantastic. Uh, Tyler Adams did a lot of good things. Kellen Acosta's uh, service on set pieces was very, very good. Um, C.J. Sapong played the Philadelphia Union striker. He was very active early, and then he just disappeared, Dave. He just kind of went missing. Uh, Juan Agadello played, did okay. I thought uh, at times he was very active, and at, at times he disappeared as well. Um, Horvath was very shaky. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of who else might have stood out. Uh, Dom Dwyer did get in the game late. Was really not able to get a toehold in the game. He didn't get any service whatsoever after coming on. His yeah, first... he was
1: the fifth sub of the match yeah. coming on for Sapong. I mean, he just it, it, there wasn't anything there. There, there wasn't anything any chances for him to, to, to make a statement,
0: right? He was active though. I mean, his first touch was a steal coming back and, and anticipating and stealing a ball, uh, stealing a pass. And, uh, his second and third touches were each, uh, he was able to draw a free kick on both of them. So, uh, he was active and he was trying to make an impact on the game, but there was really a big, um, Void in the midfield in terms of service uh, after about the 65th minute or so. Uh, some really good chances for uh, the U.S. in the second half early. And then I thought Lyndon Gooch, uh, as second half sub, played really well. He really uh, kind of shone for me.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what we can take from uh, this friendly is, you know, this was a. Um... This was a uh, hitting the reset button, um, as we all want it so badly to do after, uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So this is, um, I mean, we've got an interim coach, we have a friendly, um, so it was a time for youth to shine, um, with a slight mixture of older guys to help stabilize some stuff. Um, and, and that's exactly what we got, um. Now, to be fair, this was also a uh, you know essentially a Portugal B squad. I mean, you know, Ronaldo was not there. There was plenty of guys that weren't there. This is this was not the the um, you know the number one team coming out of Portugal,
0: which is fine. Yeah, it was a really young team, just right. like which you is know is even fine. younger even younger than the US's team. But I mean, it's it's promising in that. Those are the Portuguese players that are up and coming through the system. Those are the U.S. players that are going to come up through the system. Um, Josh Sargent uh, picked up a knock in training, wasn't able to play. That's a shame because I was really looking forward to seeing him play. Yep. Um, so it 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 gives you hope that things aren't dire for the future of U.S. soccer, really. No, and they're they're,
1: they're absolutely not. So, like I said, this was a okay. Nobody is going to want to see. Uh, Josie play. Nobody's going to want to see Bradley play. Nobody's going to, you know, certainly nobody's going to see, want to see Wando play. Of course, none of us want to see Wando play for, you know, a couple of years now. But it, it was a okay. Let's we've got we've got a lot of young players who are up and coming. Um, because of what happened, we now have the opportunity to say, all right, let's let's focus on the future and, and these guys are the future. Um, yes, I know people are going to be like, well, Ballister wasn't there. Okay, yes, well, yeah, but that's not a you know, he's a given. We're, we set him aside. We know that he's going to be there. This is a chance for other people to to figure out who 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 deserves to um, to to wear the uh, the red, white, and blue. So, um, and this was just the first. You know, unfortunately, we've got four years to figure all this out. <laughs> um, but anyway, this was the first the first uh, friendly, the first game that we get to see some of these guys and. Um, like you said, I mean, you know, if it's our young guys versus their young guys and we're able to go up against Portugal and come away with a 1-1 and really probably should have come away with a win, man, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't really take anything with positives away. Even the veterans that played are not regular veterans. I mean, hmm. how many caps has does Juan Agadello have or C.J. Sapong? Dwyer was, I think, his fourth uh, cap ever. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. So even some of the older guys, the only ones that you could really say are regulars would be john brooks, brooks uh yeah. who played really well uh which you know he's he was coming back from injury and that kind of thing and and maybe deandre yedlin right um and played a little in the second half he's kind of been a semi-regular at left back but left back continues to be the the area where this country is searching for that next guy
1: yeah yeah left back uh if if we could figure out left back, I almost feel like the rest of the things would just fall in place. It'd be like this little domino that hits, and everything's fine.
0: Well, if you watch the U-17 World Cup, um, there's there's some hope on the horizon. I think there's some players that can that can come up and do that. So I, I think that there's there's some players there that uh, could we could see in the future that that can maybe rescue us from that. But uh, yeah, it's it's been a little bit uh, of a of a gap between really top quality. Yeah. Nice. it has
1: but, but once again i mean uh, you know uh if, i know you read the uh the letter from christian yep. um and uh if if listeners haven't go out find it um I'm, I'm, players I,
0: tribune it's on the players tribune it's
1: players tribune i think we made it a a line link uh today or yesterday um it's it's well written by a, a young man who you know we have a lot of respect for and uh if if and of course, I do believe he's going to be one of the leaders of the U.S. squad going forward. Um, it should give you hope because um, he's he's realistic about everything that he says in it. But it's you know, and he and he, you know, he takes it on his shoulders, which he has pretty much done his entire you know career. Which, yes, I understand it's all of like three years, but it's been an amazing career.
0: Yep. All right, so uh, they're done for the year. That was the final game of 2017. They'll be back. In uh, January, they will play Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, That was announced uh, earlier uh, today, in fact, I think. uh, No, yesterday. It was was announced yesterday. So um, Bosnia is next up, and uh, that will be a game in the StubHub Center out in L.A., or Carson, California, if you want to be more precise. Uh, Dave, there's talk about a group of teams that did not make the World Cup for 2018 in russia getting together in a good old us of a and knocking the ball around and we're talking about the united states men's national team we're talking about potentially chile ghana italy uh these are some of the teams netherlands these are some of the teams that could uh come over here and uh and put on a pretty compelling little tournament Heck,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, listen, I mean, you just mentioned, uh, so the U.S., who has up until now made the World Cup however many in a row. Netherlands, which is usually in there. Italy, which is usually, I mean, you know, we're not in Ghana, which is, we all know what Ghana is to the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, this,
0: it, it could be compelling football. Yeah, it would certainly be fun and, and something to kind of, give us something to look forward to while the world cup's going on you could still watch your world cup games you know uh, when they're on but you can also enjoy the fact that your team and your nation is playing and the you know the teams that you're following are playing because uh it you know it there's such vast resources in this country we're so ridiculously blessed to have uh, that you know, you put a couple sponsors together, and your TV TV's definitely going to step up for something. Oh, they're like going yeah, they're going to
1: want because they, they're missing out on that sweet sweet World Cup stuff. Yeah. They're going to want to make it up somewhere.
0: So you know, whether it's Fox or ESPN, somebody's going to buck up for the games. And uh, you know, even whether it's just a little, little round robin, not really a tournament, um, you know, sort of like what the Florida Cup does, or if it's an actual tournament with like knockout games and everything, uh, I think it'd be cool. You know, just get two groups of four. And then the top two teams from each group advance to the knockouts. I think that would be kind of a cool little, um, you know, the first first place team in one group plays the second place team, kind of like the gold cup, right? Well,
1: um, and not only that, but I mean, the, with the US being that, they're gonna they're gonna fill the stands.
0: Yeah, and they're going to need places to play like Orlando City Stadium.
1: Hmm. If only somebody who is a leader of the U.S. men's national team going forward had said something nice about the Orlando City Stadium.
0: Yeah. uh, See also Christian Pulisic's uh, Players' Tribune article. Yeah. It's almost like I feel we've mentioned that before. Said some nice things about Orlando City in there and what the atmosphere was like uh, for him. Unreal, I think, is what he said. Uh, never had it, experienced anything like it kind of thing. In, in the United States. Yeah. In, in the United States, States right, right, Sure,
1: I mean, let's be fair. I mean, mean yeah, you know...
0: Dor- Dortmund is, is a crazy atmosphere, for sure. Uh, but, yeah, from, for as far as the national teams is concerned, um, it, was, uh, it was pretty impressive. And I was there. I was in the stands. You, I, I was about to that.
1: say, and you, sir, <laughs> sure contributed to yep. that.
0: Yep, he scored Well a goal. done. Scored well a, done, sir. He scored a goal right in front of me. Pretty sure that's why, because I was there. Uh, Anyway, uh, that would be a really cool thing to see, and I've I've heard people give it some great names. Uh, World Cup NIT has been bandied (laughs) about. Um, He believes can't do that. The the (laughs) he believes Cup. Uh, <laughs> I, no, see, now that I like.
1: That I like because yeah. that's exactly the. That's really kind of more what it is. The IIT, yeah. that's the National Invitational Tournament.
0: Yeah. It's
1: not national.
0: No, it's I know. Our, that's, that's why I, it would have to be the IIT. I, that's why I like the name so much, because it makes no sense. It makes just, no sense whatsoever. Just like. Having a big tournament while the World Cup's going on.
1: <laughs> all, right, all right, fair enough. Okay, um, the, uh, the the so NIT simply has to mean something international. It's the uh, not in the what well, we have to make the NITWC.
0: Uh, I don't know. The is there is there is there a Russian city where, that we say we're not in? Like, <laughs> is there one that starts with a T? Uh,
1: there's gotta be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up
0: now, damn it. All right, so let's move on. we got to get through this. Uh, People are already losing interest in this show. Um, Before we get out of here, Dave, I want to give everybody a shout-out to let them know how they can uh, ask us anything here on the Mainland Podcast. No one did that this month. It's Uh... almost
1: like uh, (laughs) it's –
0: I'll stay out of mind. Yes, they're get, they're they're doing the football thing right now. They're not even, really paying attention.
1: Even a even, uh, uh, podcast stalwart Mark Johnson has not said anything.
0: Oh That's the last time I say anything good about Mark. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so here's how you can do it. You can ask us anything at The Mainland Podcast by hitting us up on Twitter. At The Mainland is our Twitter, the at symbol, and then The Mainland, all one word, obviously. Main spelled like a lion's mane, M-A-N-E, an indomitable lion, not a lion who would be surrounded by walkers and held down and eaten. Uh, I know it was a tiger, but I'm just uh, saying it was still uh, the dumbest moment of this past week's show uh, because, I'm sorry, a tiger that big is not getting overpowered by a dozen walkers. I'm sorry. I,
1: I agree with you, but evidently it was true to the comic book.
0: Yeah, but I bet they pulled it off better in the comic book. Yes, of course they did. I but... bet. It, I bet they pulled off an explanation that made it oh, look. Oh, don't get me wrong. I was pissed off. <laughs> yeah, I, there was. I'm. i kind of hate watching The Walking Dead now. I'm, I don't know why I'm going down this rabbit hole. We're already <laughs> running long, but uh, yeah, there's a couple. It was. This was actually one of the best episodes of the year, but it still had two really ridiculously stupid moves, like uh, a guy who's still in range of a machine gun screaming in anguish. Uh, over the loss of his people and, yeah. uh, and not getting shot. <laughs> okay, now,
1: to counterpoint that, Jerry slicing the zombie in half.
0: No, he did that to the Savior.
1: Oh, right, yeah, no, sorry, you're right, the Savior. Jerry slicing the Savior in half.
2: Awesome.
0: Hey, if you don't want spoilers for The Walking Dead, <laughs> go back in time about two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you already you already spoiled the whole I time thing. I did. I'm. You know what? If somebody hasn't watched it by now, they're not really that big a fan. Because how can you wait till the middle of the week? No, you can't wait till uh, the middle of the week. All but right. you know, come on, I apologize it. if I spoiled it for you. But <laughs> Jerry um, slicing the dude in half was awesome. Yeah, that was very cool.
1: Jerry. Um, no, no. The best thing was Jerry's line is like, "Thanks for being
0: such a cool dude, dude." Yeah, all right. Let's, <laughs> yes, I know. This is the episode where Jerry became Hurley. Let's move on. <laughs> um, okay. So, yes, hit us up at the mainland, at the mainland on Twitter, and use the AskTMLPC hashtag. Hashtag AskTMLPC. Um, or you can email us at our uh, Gmail account, themainland at gmail.com. Really difficult to remember that one. Uh, again, Maine, M-A-N-E, not main, M um, A N E, not M A I N. I apologize for that entire digression. It was my fault. Uh, anyway, Dave, uh, we got no five-star reviews to read from iTunes this time out. Um, so uh, our our most recent one, very enjoyable. Uh, five-star one from October 4th is still the most recent um, one we have. We have 16 ratings, and we're currently sitting on four-and-a-half stars. Uh, with a couple of idiots that gave us one star. But I figure this is, that's good. I figure if you're not going to give us five, then you may as well just give us one. Don't don't waffle on this thing.
1: I'm not so sure that's how that works, but okay. I, <laughs> I get what you're getting at. But... Either like us or don't, but don't be like, eh. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not black or white. Look, people, just go out and rate us honestly. That's all we really care about. Just yeah, honest be, be honest guys. about it. Honest is- And and, honestly, if if you're going to rate us a one, why are you listening? If you love us. You already you know, know what we're like by this point.
0: You, I mean, I could see why somebody would love us, and I could see why somebody would hate us. I don't. Oh, see, I can absolutely see why somebody would hate us. I don't see it why anybody would be ambivalent. It would be just you have to like or dislike you. I don't think that we're like a middle of the road take or leave. No, right. we're, we're not. We're we're
1: either a uh, yeah. You're right. We're, we are the cowboys, <laughs> the Yankees, the yeah yeah. We are we are that. You're no. right. Ugh.
0: Okay, so, Dave, before we get out of here, and boy, is everybody rooting for that at this point. (laughs) MLS final prediction. Uh, The semifinals in the Western Conference, to refresh your memory, Houston and Seattle Sounders. Okay. And in the Eastern Conference, it is going to be the Columbus Crew and Toronto FC. Dave, who meets in the MLS Cup Final, and who wins MLS?
1: OK, so I'm going off a of base gut rather than anything else right now, and that is Houston wins in the West and the crew win the East and then the crew take the crown. Now, here's my reasoning behind that. Houston has been outstanding all year, and so I that's I'm, I'm it's actually much more thought out on that side. On the eastern side, it's all save the crew. I'm simply com- going to be completely on board with that which is so weird for me because I hated them for so long. But uh, I'm on board now. Um, And and if I was to listen to my head, I would say Toronto, but I'm I'm not going to do that. Crew find a way to win. And then Houston and crew meet, and crew find a way to win again just to make things difficult for the
0: whole move into Austin thing. All right. Because why not? You've got Columbus over Houston. Do you have a final score? Oh, 2-1. Uh, All right. You got the Columbus crew defeating the Houston Dynamo 2-1 in MLS Cup. Yep. All right. Uh, I am with you in the Eastern Conference, Dave. I see the Columbus crew getting past Toronto FC, and this is why. Josie Altador is suspended for the first leg. Okay. Giovinco is suspended for the first leg. Well, that takes care of the first leg. The Columbus crew are playing very, very good soccer right now. Yes, they are. Uh, I think that Zach Steffen's on his game. I see um, the team had a big lead in the the, the first leg, and then they just kind of held on for dear life in the second leg against New York City. <laughs> but I I thought that they made an error in not playing Artur in that second game, and maybe that was just to give him – maybe he had taken a knock. Maybe he wasn't 100%. I don't know. But he – has really impressed me down the stretch this season, and in the postseason, I think that Arthur has been really good, and he, he and Will Trap together are really locking teams down. So, yep. uh, I see Columbus getting past Toronto uh, by virtue of winning that first game, and then doing enough in the second leg to uh, to hold on and get into the MLS Cup final. Okay, in, in the West. I don't think anyone's playing better than Seattle is right now, and I think okay. the Sounders are going to go back to the MLS Cup final. And as much as I want to save the crew and rub it in Austin's face, I think Seattle repeats as champions. Okay. I think this is going to be a 1-0 Seattle Sounders win in the final. Seattle's been playing phenomenal defense. They have a very underrated goalkeeper in Stefan Fry. And we saw against Toronto last year how he can take over a game. So I, I like Seattle um, to win the, the the back-to-back cups. Well,
1: I, well, there you go. You got two very, very different finals. Uh, well, not completely different finals, but still. Yeah. We I think we have almost we have literally almost all the bases covered except for Toronto.
0: Yeah, or you know, it it, it it's just uh, no, we don't like them. Yeah, we really don't. We don't. They they really started our slide this year with that, that yeah, game so. where Orlando City actually played better but did not win the game and then and then they went to Houston and lost 4-0, Dave, and I'm still not over that one.
1: Yeah, so they yeah, hell with them. They don't get to go to the cup.
0: <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, there you have it. Uh, Dave's got Columbus 2-1 over Houston. I've got Seattle 1-0 over Columbus in the final. And uh, we will see. We're probably both incorrect as Toronto beats Houston. Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll see how it all goes. And we'll be back in uh, a few weeks to, uh, to, you know, the kind of the good thing here, Dave, is that we're already one monthly show into the off season, So we only have December, January, February before we're back to weeklies. So uh, our next one will be in a few weeks here in December, and then we'll be halfway through the monthly off-season shows. It's it's like it's going so fast. It's almost opening day, is what I'm trying to say. You just have to you have to look at it the right <laughs> way at the right speed. Yeah, whatever speed that is. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll be back uh, next month. We'll probably do a little bit of a Florida Cup preview since that starts uh, in January. Um, of course in december we'll also have some things to discuss like the uh, MLS expansion draft we'll have the uh, the MLs has a number of mechanisms in uh, December such as the waiver draft the re-entry draft stages one and two and uh, and of course we'll be gearing up uh, there'll also be a, a free agency and a half day trade window in that uh, december time frame as well and we'll be gearing up for st- cool stuff in in Uh, January, like the NWSL College Draft and the MLS Super Draft. So lots and lots going on uh, for us to talk about. Please get in your questions for Ask the Mainland Podcast. uh, Hashtag AskTMLPC, please. And hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Please read our stuff at themainland.com. We are having stuff daily. We've been doing our player season in review ratings. Uh, We'll soon be getting into December and doing our top moments of the year for the club and i've been starting to compile those and those are going to be exciting i think again this year and uh uh you know like us on facebook and follow us on twitter and uh, keep listening subscribe to the mainland podcast on itunes and write us a glowing five-star review and we will read it right here on the air so uh for david rowe i am michael citro the founder and managing editor of the mainland.com signing off for episode number 110 uh, our, our one and only, uh, podcast for the month of, of November, unless something crazy happens that we need to do a supplemental podcast for, uh, everybody have a great Thanksgiving and, uh, we'll see you in December. I will sign off the way I normally do kind of by saying go city and save the crew.